Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Joel Madden, and this is Artist Friendly. On today's episode, I'm talking to Franklin Jonas. Let's go. That's my kind. I don't want no bad times. I don't want to have bad. When was the first your first time out on the road, like on a tour? I don't even, even I just was like that, hanging. I was so young. Um, our their first like tour that I was like a part of was like a like a, an assembly tour in Jersey, right? And I would have been of like schools, yeah, schools. So school they were assembly. just traveling. Their brothers, your My brothers, brothers were, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you were the like little, five. you were the little like brother, four or five. My dad was driving. It was right. So it's like a family ordeal. Yeah, like full, like that, Osmond because they were also like they were young too mm-hmm. at the time. So how much younger are you than your brothers? So I'm eight years younger than Nick. Okay. And, and Nick's uh, the youngest. Nick's the youngest. And then I'm like 13 years younger than Kevin, who's the oldest. 13 years younger. Yeah. That's a gap. It's super, yeah. Also, you're like with these like guys at your young age who are becoming like teenagers and are teenagers mm-hmm. and are going through all that. So you're, you're, so you're just getting anyways. all the information from yeah. all different angles. You're with the tour manager in between, yeah. like the fucking stage time, and they're going to do a radio interview or whatever, and you're like backstage running around with roadies and tour managers and like production, yeah, man, which is a whole like totally different way world. Yeah, and like you're not at a certain point, you know, very quickly, uh, you're not going to like school public yeah, school anymore you're elementary school you're homeschooling and you're you're on tour and you're filming and you're doing all sorts of shit that's so, wild it's a very different way of life it's cool and it's really cool it's and it's you know it's taken me it took me a long time uh and a lot of like therapy to like get to a place where i like i'm so grateful for how unique of an experience i had right like, but also acknowledge the like experiences you didn't get to have yeah. there's a give and take with everything good duality. or bad like yeah. duality right Therapy for me is the same. Like I had to come to terms with my experience with um, my own career, which I thought I wanted. I, I did want it. Yeah. Because I mean, we're artists, so we want to create things. But I think we think we want a different thing when we start because we want the people, like for me, I wanted people to like me. I wanted a validation. I wanted to feel like valuable or special. Hmm. So, the drive of making my music was to get people to clap for me, essentially, right? Like to get yeah. people to like it and then feel like I was, you know, special. And then I realized like, after having a career, having success and, and going through that thing. And, and there's always like a, there's always like a duality to it, right? Mm-hmm. There's always a good and bad to everything. So there was a great part of the career, but there's also a bad part of the career. And, and I think, um, I went to therapy just to work out like I never processed what part of my career was good and what part was bad. Mm. Also, could I reimagine why I want to do it instead of getting in, instead of validation? Can I validate myself? Can I just be feel can I feel just good enough just to be me? And you have the space to have both. Right. And can, can and, and like from the start, could I have had I been like had I had a different childhood, right? Which we can't control also like where we're born, how we're how we're brought along. Yeah. Where, you know, it's like, yeah. you're just going to roll along with the family that you're born in. And like, you're just going to like acquire the baggage you acquire over the, over your, over your like childhood mm-hmm. and then all the way through your adolescence. And then you get to adulthood and you have to kind of dump the bag out and start sorting through it and figuring out what do I want to keep? What do I want to lose? 
I never processed that. I never dealt with that. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I got to a point, uh, I mean, cause I had sort of just like lived life, um, as best as I could given the unique circumstances until I was about 19, uh, and, or about to turn 19. And I kind of came to a head where like, I was just sort of realized that I needed to, to address how my life has affected me and how I have affected my life as a result of that. And I mean, it took, took a couple pop being a being basis in a couple pop punk bands for me to realize yeah, yeah. that i needed to um the therapeutic and, side of music oh yeah absolutely man real, i was i was a screamer i was a screamer back yeah. in my day and uh and it got to a point where i needed to like really address some stuff and and i got really uh sun got real low and um but it's because of all that that like i'm able to do music now right and i'm able to your music's good too now i mean not you. to say your music before wasn't good I like mean, your music's good, dude. Thank it's you, man. It's really good. Thank you so much. That's I was struck by it. I didn't even know about it. I did not know you were doing music. And then when when um, I heard you were coming on here or that you were interested, yes, of course. I was like, oh, like, let me check the music out. And straight up, that's it. it of course, I'm interested to talk to you. But like, I feel like this show's a musical show. Yeah. And like everybody that's on here i feel connected to their music like i feel like something about the music speaks to me or whatever when and i'm telling you dude your your music is good dude it's it really like you don't know how much that means coming from it's really you. Good. like truly like when i say that i got my start in pop punk bands like i got my start in pop punk bands and so that truly is a, a really the music's real man it's real and i think that i can feel the the i can feel a lot of things in the music and i always listen to music differently i'm not just kind of i'm a very critical listener yeah. you know and i feel and i and i always analyze like i think i've just been like listening to music for so long i can analyze it in real time and really like take something from it mm -hmm. and anyways I, I i listen to your music and i can hear all of that and you know of course your life has been super interesting right so i expect to hear but not many people can open up in a song and share in a way that's not only pleasant to listen to or or makes you feel something mm -hmm. right whether it's happy or sad or whatever it, it it makes you feel something but also do it in a way where they can actually they can tell a story in a way that we can listen to and it's it's just a it's a it's a very hard thing to do thank you right man. and so i i i was i was really i really like it thank you so much yeah. thank you i uh yeah you know i think that going into this uh we knew that regardless people were going to have their expectations or their anticipations and so it really was like uh an understanding that we had to big dick it as much as possible and people were going to have their assumptions and their associations no matter what always of course and uh and i'm lucky that i get um opportunities as a result of my association and my as my brothers you know i got i, I well, get your family exactly i get it uh, um but and, like but i definitely we had to figure out how we could tell these stories from as personal and as vulnerable uh, of a perspective as possible and that's what i took away from it that i was like dude he's, the world he's, to be received he's sharing that, in a way that feels personal but it also like you 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 got there the thing i like the most about the music is it feels uniquely it, it feels like oh here this is an artist who is this artist 
when I heard it, it it's cool, man. I'm, I mean, I, I personally, like, take it for whatever you want. I thought the music is why I wanted to talk to you, right? Because our show, <laughs> so like, this, this, show, so this show is not a, um, God, it's not like a, this is a very personal show. Yeah. This is only people that want to be here are here. And the people listening, too, like, they're, they're not interested in the same stuff that I think, like, pop culture today or the internet today goes after anything that'll trend for the day or anything that'll just yeah. like click get people to click for the day like we're running at a different lane with this like com yeah. with these conversations but like man i thought that the the music was good and then of course you know um your life is super interesting and your family where you come from of course that's interesting to people but that could make the music worse that could make could. the music like if you're not being honest yeah. and you're trying to do something for a different reason like i think it's a very hard it's a very fine line that you have to like be honest and like and and make the music you want to make and then but you're really incentivized to do the latter option right you're incentivized to do the to in some way, if the shadow is that big, to some way like fall into it in your own sort of sense, right? Or just yeah. like make the shadow bigger and be a part of it then. Um, and I think that um, it was definitely, that's part of why I wrestled with like not doing it for so long. And all of this music I wrote therapeutically over the course of many years and um, never expected to show it to anyone, never expected to do anything with it. In fact, I like, showed it to people uh who uh, run my label and they signed me and then i like ghosted them for like a year because That's i just fine. i just yeah i Take just didn't time. i was terrified right and i was so i i think there was so many uh there was so much that to wrestle with in regards to showing the music to an audience beyond like three people in a car right um and so, but to be received for that is uh, is really special. So thank you, man. It's uh, it's, it's real. I'm I'm dead 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 serious. No, and it means the world to me. Truly, like I uh, I this whole journey of showing it to the world um, has been both super uh, surprising and super devastating and super you know confusing at times. And and because naturally, because of the massive incredible success that i've been able to be around for a lot of my life right i can look at like what i've always wanted to do which is like being an artist and yeah. being someone who makes music that's not for everybody and 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 to but for myself that then people might resonate with and might enjoy um and i can do that and have and release it and have it be exactly what i expected or wanted of my musical career and then still be like confused or disappointed as to why it's not it doesn't look like something else and i have to remind myself i'm like oh wait no like i i intended for this to be like a very personal and intimate thing that uh may not be for everybody and uh well and it's for you exactly exactly but i think that you have grown up in a family that is super serving a lot of people they are super mm -hmm. serving yeah. like a 
like i mean you think about like the jonas brothers super serving their fans right like they're known to, to whatever but like you've grown up around a, a a family that's doing a lot for a lot of people even before that my dad was a pastor and a gospel musician you well, know there you go that it's makes all a lot about, of sense actually. oh yeah all about serving all so about it's serving. like a there's a there is like a super serving attitude towards like fans and and this and that and you grew up in that this is my perspective anyways yeah. i'm just gonna tell you um so it would make sense you'd be conflicted about what you think people want from you mm -hmm. and you and maybe why i love the music is it does feel like you made it for yourself like i hear something that someone just did because they wanted to do it and it's cool and so like it's like someone tinkering in the garage making something and then coming and showing you like look at this little thing i made and you go like that's fucking dope dude you should make another one right like a guy who's doing a little sculpture that's just cool you can't do a thousand of them you can yeah. only do one there is something about doing something for yourself that is on in, especially in music and art and then there's something about doing something for other people and there's a there is like this thing we straddle with as artists like we make it for ourselves yeah. and then sometimes we make it for them and sometimes it it starts with yourself and it grows beyond and it grows into something else. And like, I think for me, like the Jonas Brothers first record was like a pop punk record. Yeah, yeah. And like that first, uh, uh, it's about time, I think it was called. It's like, you know, they're wearing Ed Hardy and it's 2000 yeah. whatever. And then um, I, that was for them. And then it became, it was like, just like a, they were trying to make an MXPX record. And I then, just had MXPX on the I show. Know. That's sick. So sick. That's so yeah. tight. Legendary. For the sake of this, just had him on the show last week. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, we. I just talked to Mike and Tom yesterday. Dude, we, I grew up on them. That's like, funny. I, and I grew up on them in the house. It was like them and Kirk Franklin. It was a very weird duality. Yeah, hey, it's, <laughs> but like Christian music is a world, even though MXPX yeah. will tell you like they're not, they were never like defined themselves as like a Christian band. Yeah. They just were, they were just owned by that audience because they were making music that like, at the time when they were young teenagers, they were like mm -hmm. 14, 15, 16, making yeah. these records. And Mike was like going to youth group and he was singing about what was his life at the time and what he was thinking about at the time. Yeah. And like, and they're good guys. I mean, they're very like Christian-like guys, I guess. Yeah. think about like what is a christian i don't know like maybe someone who's a treat, moral ethical treats other person people how they want to be treated yeah, yeah although yeah. like we could we could go you could down the yeah, yeah. rabbit hole of like what christians are today yes. and how they're how they're labeled which i don't subscribe to any of that yes when i say like good christian it's like treat your neighbor as you want treat yourself and you know do you all live that, your, like, your, yeah. your life based on you there's religious uh christians and then there's like just a good ethical Christian, good Christian guy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like that's what I think. Yeah, it's duality. He's doing yeah, there's like, a duality he's, he's like to it. Trying to be like Jesus, you know, like, yeah. which is a good thing. Yeah, like that's a revolutionary idea. Anyways, MXPX, they 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 had this big Christian audience, and and we went on tour with them early on, yeah. and we got a lot of that audience too. So we were always kind of associated a little bit there. Um, anyways, so, but knowing that your dad was a preacher, yeah. That's a whole other, like, we could do an hour on just yeah. what that's like to grow up in a, like, super, I mean, I would grow up in a super church household, too. Yeah. Like, my mom was like, the religion is the answer. 
this is how I'm raising my kids. I think that was the blueprint for, you know, how she wanted to raise her, her kids. And so a lot of challenges there, but like we went to church in the height of our, of our childhood Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, Friday night service. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. And then Sunday was twice Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. Oof. All right. That's legit. Yeah. You were right there all the time. Dude. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, I'm lucky that my dad was like, my dad was a cool pastor. Cool right? pastor. He was a cool pastor and he, he like did stuff that wasn't Hillsong uh, type cool. No, or just no, cool, no. Cool here. I wouldn't even. I would not call that cool anymore. Uh, no, no, but like you he, know, you know, no, I know, like cool I know you mean. Young pastor who dresses like in no, not like that. No, like... he's definitely not that. He's not. He's not on preacher sneakers. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, no, he's like no, but he was like one of the first guys to put like electric guitar on gospel music. Cool type of guy cool. and like. Okay. And, and a nice you, guy in general. A good guy, an understanding guy, and like not gonna condemn someone because of their life choices. Right. Uh, in fact, like going to love them, uh, which is like what you said of like a good Christian guy, like walking in that Jesus step. Type Just be cool, man. Yeah, yeah, and accepting and loving of everybody. Um, and- uh, Hate, hate. Hate, hate, exactly. Like just yeah. hate, hate. And he was just like, we grew up in a household that was loving and accepting and 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 always uh, always one of the best for us and each other and, and and the world around us. And you guys close? Me and my dad? Yeah. Oh, he's like my best friend. That's cool. He's That's my, what I hope for. He's incredible. He's such a good person. And I am so grateful that I get to call him every day and That's ask cool. him for advice and like also just like check in on him and see how he's doing, you yeah. know, and 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 have a relationship that um I thrive from and always have and i think always will luckily um and like where does he live he uh so half time in north carolina and mm. half time in vegas he uh he's got a, a restaurant chain uh that he started uh, a couple years ago and started in his hometown in charlotte what's it called nelly's southern kitchen oh cool yeah i've, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen that it's amazing I think i've had it actually oh really yeah. okay because yeah. there's now one in the mgm grand in vegas yeah and uh, I worked at the, in the kitchen in the one in Charlotte. Oh, uh, wow. For like a year or two. And then he opened up a second one now at the MGM and like crushing it. Absolutely. It's the best. Franchising it? Yeah. I mean, like it's or just one spreading. of the, it's like cr just crushing the sales in right. uh, MGM Grant. Like they're doing so well. And like, and even the one in Charlotte now is like totally self-sufficient, doing its own thing and Sick. and looking at expanding and doing their other options. And it's like, it's just the best food and it has, it's very representative. Nellie is my great grandmother. That's nice. Uh, and, you know, she worked in like a cotton mill her whole life. And so there's like a, a big mural of her with like a crown of cotton and stuff. That's and cool. It's really, it's very much our family or like his side of the family and trying to honor that. Where's he from? Is he from North He's Carolina? He's from outside of Charlotte. Oh, yeah, wow. In this little mill town. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cool. then uh, he like, essentially like ran away from home to go does he into still the ministry no he, oh, he stopped cool. um right when my brothers got big he sort of took over more management okay him. cool and uh and then but he still like you know he still tries to be a good guy every day yeah 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 <laughs> probably yeah, that, yeah i mean preaching is a lot of it's a lot of work yeah but you'd be surprised how uh probably how much addicting. of a carryover there is from like that from preaching to like being an artist manager right yeah <laughs> and like trying to be that guy too but it makes a good manager out of someone i think and like 
rather than some manager that you've heard stories of i'm I sure i mean there's more bad <laughs> managers than good managers yeah, there there's are. definitely like some great managers out there i uh think it's like a low percentage i think that it it, it just because you know, cause the music business is, is, is anyone can be anything. You can come into the business and print a business card and say, I'm a, I'm, here's my label. This is, I'm a, I'm a record label. Yeah. Um, and that's how most people get their start, which is great. There's a democratization of it, which is a aspect of it. That's great. Yeah. But some really untalented, bad actors can come in and, and create, <laughs> uh, and have, you know, fluke success with an artist and then, you know, so and then there's everything in between. But I think there are some really great managers and great management is a key part of like a great business. Mm -hmm. um, and. And there's fits, so there's managers that could be a fit for this guy, but not that guy, whatever. So, I mean, yeah. we could talk about that for a whole episode of of this uh, <laughs> just about management. But um, a good manager, it, it can change people's lives it's good good management and or, an organized business you can really build momentum and have you know success that you build on over time you can really have like a long great career with a great organized business. my dad was my manager my whole life up until i started doing like tiktok stuff during quarantine and sort of went on the path that then has given me the opportunity to be where i'm at now and finally yeah. be you know, a, mu music. a musician, if right. you will. Um, and uh, and he brought me to a, a guy I went to him and was like, listen, I love you, dad. I want you to be a part of my life as much as possible, but I think I need someone who's not you to manage me. Yeah. Um, and just because I want you to be my dad. And he'll like, always advise you though. Exactly. No, he's, yeah. he's a consultant, right? He's yeah. a consultant for me, but he's, I was like, I need you to be my dad more than I need you to be my manager right now. Um, and he brought me to his friend who's like, I love you, Barb. Uh, she has changed my life and like awesome. been like a, a fairy godmother to me, and and to the point where she's like a second mother that has adopted me fully and is there all the time for me, no matter what. And uh, you that's know, great. Has, yeah, really, totally, and like has been not just a business side, but like a personal side, and like been a mentor and uh, a role model for me to strive towards. What's things. her name? Barb. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But she like started in music originally and so was doing influencer stuff and then now is like back into the music thing because of me and because of all this other stuff that we've been doing. So That's dope. But you grew up around the business. Yeah. So you know, you have yeah. instincts. Like you know what's up. I think, yeah, but it's definitely different going into it yourself and like growing up in the business, you really think about like all the ways in which you could be the antithesis of like what is and is not yeah. the things that work or the things that like, how do you do it that's so different that no one could ever see it coming and da da da, -da. Right. And you, I've spent, and you know, I've only performed a handful of times, but uh, because I've spent my entire life watching people perform, there was less of a um, a a hump to get over of like how do I get on stage and do this? I very quickly was able to like drop into myself and 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 be able to like really push to this image that I had dreamed about of performing, right? right. And same with the music of uh, it was it took a long time for me to get the the balls to to work on it and finish it. But I had known what the sound was going to be my whole life. You could hear it in your head. Yeah, you exactly. Have... And it's and but I think that you get into the 
the the situation too if you're you're around it so much your whole life and you grow up in it that you begin to overanalyze analysis paralysis yeah man you get so caught in the dream of what it could or could not be and all the different ways i've watched people come and go my whole my whole life yeah and you've seen that's the thing that's what though what i'm saying is like great manager is important yeah great uh people around you supportive a support system right? yeah support system key we have we we win in groups we don't win alone we win in groups um but you've been around it your whole life. You know what this shit is, whether or not you felt you were ready to go after it and do what you wanted to do. Like that's a personal journey that you're on of believing in yourself and making sense of that what the world's been telling you. Because what you're actually doing is you're growing up in a family that's unique, right? And you could say like my brother's success, or I I see all of it. My, the, the the dad's a, a a pastor, the brothers start off right. You're this little kid. You're you're in the car with everybody, going along, right? I'm sitting in if you know the white van type yep. beat. I'm on the wheel. Like that's where I was sleeping while we're driving back from wherever they were right. playing a show from. And you're going along, and metaphorically and physically going along in the van with the family the world's telling us how great this is and it is yeah. right success is great in any form to a family it can it can help a lot and it can hurt a lot right and that's just the facts right i mean I, when my family when when we you know we grew up with not a lot we had our success it affected the whole family yeah. right not in a good way and certainly in a good way but also in a in, in a tough way it's like my brother who looks kind of like me, my older brother is a year and a half older than me. How many years did he walk around and get called good Charlotte? And how long <laughs> did like, and how did he handle that every fucking day when he's yeah. a, when he's a, a, a mid twenties guy in New York trying to build a life. Yeah. And we're like one of the biggest bands in the world at the time. And people are like on the street saying, Hey, good Charlotte to my brother. Right. Like I talked to him about that. Yeah. And like, what is that like? How, and he's like, you know, I love you guys. It was annoying sometimes. I learned how to deal with it. And like we talked about it and we actually went to therapy a couple of times and we worked through some stuff because like you're gonna resent some things. Like my sister, yeah. she stayed back in Maryland. She didn't want to leave. She was back in DC and that's where we were from. So it was a big ass, so there was a there was a, a, a big deal there like sometimes and and everybody, the and what the world will tell you is like, it's all, everything's so good. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. What do you have to complain about? Not only you or your mom or your dad or your brothers, right? Like, can we all agree this is good, but then it's also kind of like fucked up sometimes. Yeah. Because the whole world is like telling us something and not letting us kind of make our own judgment of like- And it, the perception and the image and like what you- have in your family it gets it gets out of out of your control out of your right? control and like there that was a whole thing in our family at a certain point with me it was like i grew up being called the bonus jonas and yeah. like then at a certain point in my life i was like yeah like 
I don't love to be called the bonus Jonas. Like it just sort of is. Yeah. Like if you're asking me, do I want to be called that? Not really, but you're calling me. So what am I going to do? Tell everyone all the time not to call me that? Exactly. And then, but then they, uh, my brothers were nice enough and kind enough to like take me saying that and really go on a thing and be like, he does not like to be called that. Da, 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 da. And now that I'm a bit older, it's definitely in a place where it's like, there's always like in the comments, right? There's like the debate of like, he doesn't like to be, someone says like, oh, the bonus Jonas. And he's like, oh, he doesn't like to be called that. And at the end of the day, it's like, I get, I don't care. It's like, I, I, you're like, I don't care. I don't want to be called it, but I don't care. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like out of my control. Right. And it's, and so, and it's the back and forth of that where, yeah, like, obviously it's not my favorite thing in the world. However, I'm not like, I'm not sitting there being like, like cr- crying. Yeah, you're like, who cares? <laughs> it's like the whole. Like, it's annoying that you're their bringing... entire fan base knows me as that, right? So why but, would I? But also, like, it, it, it separates people, though, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody comes up yeah. to, it's like it, it it separates people. It puts people where you go. Oh, you're a fan. I can't actually have a real conversation with you. You don't see me as a real person. You see me as Gumby. You see me as Mickey Mouse. So so if you're not talking to me like a real person, what is there to talk about? I'm just going to smile, give you a hug, say nice to meet you. That's what's been really interesting about going on this journey myself has been the way, because like, like even like my brother, like a big fans of my brothers will come to my shows and like, and it's, I'm doing like a club tour. Like I'm like hanging out or I just got off a tour with Hobo Johnson and like, you know, it's like smaller five, six, seven hundred person bar room. Yeah, you're like you're with people. You're like and like after after my the merch table. Yeah, dude, after my show, I I'm like hanging out at the bar and like I'm yeah. like and talking to people and and having conversations. And I think that it's it's definitely uh, you know, once you get to a certain level, you can't do that anymore, right? You yeah, can't, it's impossible. You, yeah, you can't it's physically impossible because the amount of people, but like. But that's the real band experience. Like yeah. we play 500 to 1,000 cap rooms. We play the set. We go down to the merch table. We go to the bar. We hang out, whatever. Yeah. But like, but people are going to separate themselves to you. You either see me as a real person and you ask me real questions and we have a real conversation. Yeah. Or you see me as this idea of this like Mickey Mouse character that's not real that you like you quote back movie lines to me. You know what I mean? Like essentially. I find that what's crazy is like my brothers, the Jonas Brothers fans, right? That have come to my shows. My interactions with them are a lot of times more intimate and like personal and like they know me or want to know me. That's cool. Better than say people who like- On the street. Yeah, like, or like at like a party or like at a bar will come and be like, oh, like you're that guy. And it's like, right. And, oh, you know, sorry, I've never listened to your brother. Like, I don't care. (laughs) You're the one that's making a thing out of this. And I think that they, it's been really interesting to me to get to know them on a certain level. And it's like, we had someone uh, come to our show here in LA at Troubadour who, like, growing up, like, she was always at, like the radio Disney shows way back. Right, like you knew her from around. Yeah, she and was she like was a surpri- super fan. She was surprised that right. I knew knew her and and remembered her name. And I was like, are you kidding? Like I've known I've known you my entire life. Like and so, but there was something really intimate about that and something so personal and being able to be on this, you know, I grew up in 
other people's come up and now to be separately having my own come up and be supported by the people who were at that come up is something that's really special and really unique and and it's like i i see that though like family's really big i would say like the interaction i have with a good charlotte fan like a real one yeah is so intimate and different and like they it's a different thing they versus some guy at like at a party like you're saying like never listen to your music but um <laughs> what are you guys doing now i saw you know you married uh nicole how's that like and you're like you, but that's the thing is like that's real that's like a real yeah. like that's that that's that, the more common interaction that is the more common like like that's the headline interaction yeah where someone who just saw the headlines over the last 15 years and or 10 years and they know the headlines right and by and the way like, they're the people somebody, who are like in the corner like googling your name right to, like google imaging and and the truth is, is that somebody was with him and said, oh, that's the guy from Good Charlotte. Yeah. And they're just. Who's good, who? Oh, yeah. Remember? Remember the song? And then they come over to you because they just want to have their interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth is, is you, I want to be like, look, dude, if you just want to say hi, you can just say hi. Yeah. You don't have to like fucking make all these weird, awkward comments about my wife who you don't know, my band that you don't really know, my friend that you don't, what, whoever, whatever. And like, I definitely have had that experience also around like being in LA for 20 years. Yeah, I'm friends with all different kinds of entertainers that have had different levels of success and that are known for different things. And also kids of entertainers, right? Yeah, I'm married to one, right? So yeah. imagine Nicole comes up as Lionel Richie's daughter and then has to make sense of the world that way. And then goes into her adolescent and 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 teenage years with all eyes on her. Every fucking mistake she makes gets turned into a a, a storyline of how bad she is and how mess she is and how the truth is is like she was pretty fucking normal for the kid who wants to go and go to have that college. Like I definitely wasn't like a big partier. But definitely I'm friends with a lot of people who were like had that phase where they're like went to college or went to whatever and did it all. Yeah. They wanted to do it all. And especially like so with her, she has to go through all that somehow lands with pretty intact. Yeah. And pretty not angry at the world. Like I always go like I would I would hate the world a lot more if I were you. I almost kind of hate the world for you because it doesn't seem fair that the only thing people talk to her about are these bullshit headlines that got written about her and she never fought them because she's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to tell everyone like, and then you just pull, put attention to it. Yeah. I, I make it bigger. Yeah. When I'm talking about, I always use an analogy. I, I always used to, uh, I have an analogy about this, the blue skin, right? And it's, it's, I, you know, at a certain point in my life, I tried to be like a more of like a hometown sort of body. And I like got out of the L.A. scene and whatever. Yeah. And I did this. And, and where you know, was your hometown? Uh, well, we lived in Texas at the time. And then mm. I went to college in a couple of different places. Mm. But um, I always explain it like, listen, like there's always, you know, if someone in your town like does something right. And if in, and people are gossiping about it or they're saying something about it. Right. Say this person, uh, I don't know uh got caught smoking weed yeah oh man you hear like da 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 got caught smoking weed and you're either gonna say like hope they're okay or like whatever da da in this you're in high school right 
Yeah, like, or oh, maybe damn, you're gonna, that sucks. Maybe you got to check in on them, something like yeah. that. Oh, that sucks. Then there's the kid who has blue skin who does it, who gets caught smoking weed. And then it's like, oh, uh, did you hear the kid with blue skin got caught smoking weed? And then it's very much a different, the emotional, because of it's, you know, more interesting or there's something else, some other factor about these people that makes it. And listen, I am very grateful for my nepotism. I am very, very lucky to be in my situation. But it does make you uh, a target to be um, to have lack of empathy to, right? And there's like a, an emotional no empathy, connection. Yeah, yeah. There's an emotional connection that gets lost because of the fact that you because you're lucky, blue skin, right? Yeah, you're, and you're lucky, and, like, hey, what's he got to fucking cry about? Oh, I wish I had blue skin because then everyone would look at me. No, yeah. no, no. You then you're the guy who everyone yeah. looks at, and so it's there's definitely a, a it's it totally changes the human interaction that happens and how you interact with the world around you. And you have to, and I used to be really angry and I used to be like, so. I think you're fucking really aware. I am now. And that's because I chose to, I had that moment we talked about at the very I beginning. Think I think you're, I, I think your music is super cool. And I hear all of that. I, I hear somebody who's lived a fucking adult life for a long time, who's had to process shit and yeah. maybe, or didn't know they had to. And then, like, I hear in your music, I just hear someone that's really mature, has lived a lot of life, knows people, whether whether you want to admit it or not, can clock people because you've been watching them for a long ass time. And I just see a smart guy. I also think, Thank you, man. Like, I also think it's funny, like how we've been trained to make sure we say we're lucky. Like, even you just saying, "I feel lucky for my nepotism." Like, I have to. You have to because yeah. people are going to beat you up if you don't. And I have to say the same thing. Listen, I feel lucky I had my success, and I know that it lives and dies with the people that chose to like my music. I appreciate that, um, but only to a degree, because I will fucking give it all up to protect my kids. Of course, I'll give it all up to have my own self-respect. And so you don't own me. And, and so like, I love everybody that supports me. I, I, every fucking day, and I'm sure you have the same experience. You come in contact with one person who has a genuine interaction with you that they appreciate something about you or your music or, or who you are, whatever that feels genuine where you go, you know what? You're fucking cool, man. That, that conversation made my day. I have that every single day at a coffee shop or a fucking restaurant or wherever I'm at. One person a day, always. It's been this way since uh, our first record. Hmm. We'll say, well, I'll have a genuine interaction with them about the music or what it helped yeah. help them with something like their life. Like they, they, there's a song that they really help them. And that shit makes my day. Yeah. But that, 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 that's, different than a person who just recognizes the brand and wants to interact with the brand in a positive or negative way it, in, in, in a positive or negative way. It's just their perception of what they want to get out of it. Some people want to leave a bad review. So they want to come up and knock and go, fuck you. Right. Who do you think you are? And I was expecting mostly that from the music and the fact, and I was expecting like, no, the expecting pitchforks and like Frankensteinian mobs just for the fact that like, and because I spent my entire life wondering, but like, I'll never forget the moment that we were walking down the street and we were, I was in the, the rat costume. We were in New York 
because I perform in a rat costume and we have like all the the canvas, uh, all the videos that we uh, we have behind like the different Spotify songs um, is me in the in the rat costume doing something. Cool. Right? Yeah. That's and because it's the uh, I love rats. A sewer rat. That's the rats vibe, are. Right? And rats. We'll get to rats in a second. I love rats, but rats are great. I remember in Cocaine and uh, Hoboken had just come out, and uh, I'll never forget it because we were walking down the street. And this person stops us and goes, hey, you're Franklin. And it was the first time anyone had called me Franklin because I've been going by Frankie my whole life. And I hadn't been like, I'm Franklin. I never did like some like press, you know what I mean? I never yeah. did an announcement or anything like that. I just started releasing music under Franklin. And I, it was so crazy that somebody, it was like, and it clicked. I said, and I looked at my friend who was helping me film the videos. Great I like, moment. I was like, dude, they know it from the music. Yeah. not from anything else and it was yeah. so vivid and it was so surreal that like every day i think about that where it's like just that one person was able to know me from that thing right yeah and i'm so grateful too that i got uh my first tour was with hobo johnson and like his audience is the most loving and accepting people i've ever met in my entire life that's cool yeah yeah and i i haven't seen him but uh Dude, he puts like on he has a show. Real, yeah. He's an incredible, I learned so much from him. You know, yeah. I like, and that's that's something that my family's imparted on me is like, you know, you just pick up everything from everyone that you interact with, especially like musicians. If you see it, if you see a live performance, like pay attention and totally. learn. It's a, it's a, it's a lesson, right? No matter what it is. That's how, we, that's how we get better. Yeah. And I grew up watching the biggest of the big and the most, like truly like perfected performers in their style yeah super polished but it'd been a long time since i was up close and personal on a regular basis with someone who is having intimate moments with 700 people for a night yeah. right mm -hmm. and it's a different vibe for sure totally different different experience so unique right and mm -hmm. but that was such a a moment where like the first couple shows i was really shaky and then by the time we got to like the troubadour like four or five shows in it was, I had learned so much from him that like people were then coming up to me after the show a lot and having like really, even before that, even like when I was in my eyes, like not doing well the first two nights, like there was still these really intimate interactions that made me who I've been like terrified to do this my entire life. Right. Made me be like, oh, like maybe like. But you wanted to do it. Oh, I, it's my dream. But you were scared. I was terrified. Right. Absolutely terrified. And it was having those moments where ha having someone come up and be like, wow, that was really cool. Right. right. It, I think it's cool. Thank you. But it's those intimate moments that like made me in some way, because I didn't know after the EP if I was going to keep doing it. I didn't know because it was an album and then it got down to EP and then we have a bunch of songs left over and it's like we could keep working on more songs. We can keep whatever da, da, we can keep looking for tours we don't know if this is experiment what this is going to be and how it's going to go and where does it feel like it's going i hope it's going for the rest of my life yeah. whether people listen to it or not um i have been working on a lot there's like some songs because it was an album originally we have a bunch of songs left over that are not on the ep so it's there's a world in which we ha i have to get those out right yeah and like a lot of them are we would know from tour like those were fan favorites like those were songs that really we have this one song that we ended on which is like a super sad depressing song that i wrote like right before i needed therapy what's right? it called it's called spaceship cool and it's dark and it's sad but it's and it's intimate and it's there's like a 
two minute or sorry, it's like a minute long uh jazz breakdown where like I recite Ginsburg and like it's That's cool. it's heady. But um we end on that. And uh it's a weird song to end on, but in our set that's the most intimate moment, right? And like to harken back again to your thing of every day, I still have people that reach out to me from the shows who ask me about that song, right? And that keeps me going. And that makes me want to keep releasing more music and keep doing this and keep wanting to to, to go on this path and have the courage and the bravery to keep being that guy. Right? I mean, for me as an outsider who yeah. I, I feel like I'm a, I'm a pretty good judge of music for like, like just. Thing I, yeah, you've been around, man. I, so I can always gauge what I feel is real. Mm -hmm. And then I can always gauge what I feel is like good. And then I can always gauge, I, I don't know. I just have a good gauge on shit that works and shit that doesn't. And I'm usually right. Like I can call stuff. And like when I saw it, heard it, and I wasn't aware, I had no idea. So then I checked it out and really checked it out. And I was like, yep, this is cool. This is the real deal. And and that was it. Like that for me was just the final judgment. It was just like, like that's my gauge. And it's cool. And you should do it because you're good at it. And it's good. Thank so you, um, it shouldn't even be in my, it shouldn't even be in question if. The question is just when and how always, right? Like, when do I want to do it? How do I want to do it? And is this like, for me, that's even like where we're at as a band. It's not about if we're a band, we've been a band since high school. Yeah. Uh, it's more about when and how, if that feels right to us, we'll do it. And it's, I think for me, it's been the testing of it and having it not be like, the worst possible experience, right? The worst possible scenario that I've dreamt up. Having it not be that and having it That's be funny, like, as intimate as it is. It's really good. That's why it's funny to me that you would even be like, if, like, can I do this? I'm like, no, whoever did this can do it. If it's really you doing it and it's not some other person doing it, it's then you can do it. Me and one other guy, but That's I mean, it's, it's, it's... Is that the connection with Miniature Tigers? Yeah, yes, okay, okay yeah. yeah. So Miniature Tigers, legend, legend, Charlie Brand, I love you, I adore you. Uh, he helped you with the music and you guys made it together? So yeah, we met, uh, so I signed to my label, Pizza Slime. And Which is a cool label. Super sick label, yeah. and they're uh, an imprint of Matt Deason, Diplo's label. Yeah. And I kind of came in with like demos and they were very like samplopedia inspired like all the song like uh the song hoboken was uh, a youth lagoon sample yeah that got flipped and then like cocaine is still the the closest to the original ep of what it was but it was like grow up was like a four horsemen sample into like a um a dean martin sample like it was like all this stuff happening um and um, uh, I kind of went to them and was like, I want someone that can come in and help me finish this. Cause I have a degree in audio engineering, but I'm not musically trained in the way. And these are unfinished. These right. are not, they're- yeah, I get it. I, I can't be the There's guy. demos, I'm not gonna finish them. I'm the same way, I can make a demo, but I can't make an album. I yeah, can't, I can't make, I can't finish it. I need it. a partner to help me. I think one day I might be able to. I think I, but I don't think I'm there yet. Uh, and I, but I, 
was like really excited. I grew up around a lot of kids who <laughs> nepotism their way into being able to be musicians and be make music. And so I was so excited to like, you know, like date producers and and like have like go on a lot of experiences and, and do a writing, a lot of writing sessions. And the first guy I meet, we sit down and uh it's Charlie and we're talking and he's and I'm like, yeah, man, like probably like I guess really what made me want to make music was Pinkerton. Like I listened to that man, at a I really love young Pinkerton, that album. Perfect. I remember Perfect. when the album came out and I saw Weezer at the 930 Club in DC, which was like 1,500 people. Yeah. Like legendary, legendary, dude. On Pinkerton, yeah. saw them, went, got in the front at the barricade. Like, oh, I was a Weezer fan. I love Weezer. And Pinkerton was the, an album that just changed my, my life. Like, the guy who introduced me to Pizza Slime introduced me to Pinkerton when I was like eight amazing. or nine. Amazing. And, uh, great album incredible incredible and in, it's just perfect in every way uh we could just talk about that album i could hour. man i could why it's bother like, and that's and that's like what i'm you know that's pink back triangle. to what we talked about at the beginning too of like it's pink triangle oh my god i love that song um but of they made it for themselves yeah they did they made it for themselves and they got they got canned beat man. Up they got that. beat up and now it is revered classic it is yeah. revered as one of their most complete projects. Yeah. Right? If not the most complete It's the project. rawest, realest, like uh, that, the first album and that to me were like perfect. I mean, the Green album too, I think is just like I think, incredible. Dude, but I think that like- Pinkerton mm, is just legendary. Yeah. I think that Pinkerton for me, it was, and like, <laughs> you know, I, people have in like comments and stuff been like, this is, your music is not Pinkerton inspired. It is in theory. Right, it is. It is to you. It is to me, and it is in the way that they treated Pinkerton, and it was like, "Here's my dick, you know. I'm gonna put it on the table, and you can like it or you can dislike it." Yeah, that's right. And yeah. like that, I mean, like that is what "Tired of Sex" is, right? Yeah. That is that's the first song on the album is just this insane. It is a what? It is so different than their their other tracks they put out thus far but it is also at the same time it's their style but they're parodying their own style in a way it's just it's like a it's, it's you're so, alienating yourself so and levels. your fans yeah it's, there's so many levels. there's so many things to it but it's like i in that same way i wanted the first song we released to be cocaine right and just be completely juxtapositional to anything that they've heard associated with my name yeah and like I think that's what Flap I mean. Slap him in the face a little. Yeah, dude. But so Charlie said that he he had just. I told him that it was inspired by Pinkerton, and he goes, "Oh, like I was I was just working with them. Da 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 da. Just working with Weezer." And of course, I get home after that, and I, I'm talking to my girlfriend. I'm so pissed because I can't meet with anybody else now. Right. I can't go and talk to other producers. I met the guy just the like first day. Guy. Yeah, exactly. That's how it works sometimes. Though. And I tried. I tried to meet one other guy and. Uh, and it just was like, no, like, damn. Yeah. It Love was, that first it's, sight. It's Charlie. Like, and so then we we met together uh, and I sh I sent him all my uh, my stems for, for cocaine. Mm -hmm. And we met two afternoons over the course of a week and we finished the song. And that's what's out now. Yeah. Is that song pretty much done. Yeah. Uh, and it's the closest to what we had of the original samples and or the original demos and but it was just like, we just knew it was gonna work. And we've worked together ever since. And now 
it's been crazy that we've sort of finished the Surat saga, right? To like uh, be writing with more people now too and be like, ah, oh, like what would, and I, in my head, I'm like, what would Charlie do in this situation? And like, I'll show him stuff and be like, all right, like how do we make this? How do we bring it into the sewer? How do we make this the rat, right? And so it's, but yeah. It's cool. Miniature Tigers, man. It sounds so incredible. like uh, real, to me, like it just, that to me is like real true artist development. It's just living the life of living your life and developing as an artist is these creative relationships you build with people going on tour, developing. That's the artist development side of your real music and your real life is going to be what it develops into. So yeah. I think that sounds, but I knew I liked it. So it sounds, it sounds about right to me when I hear it. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. It sounds like someone who's finding their creative way. And like all of us, like we just have to like be real with how we feel. And from such a young age, you've been dealing with other people's comments and opinions for so long. I think you're probably like a fucking karate master, probably, whether you realize it or not. And at the same time, like super aware and in some way. So I think there's... Tai Chi, redirect the energy. Yeah, but like I, like, I think like... What I realize this reinforces our conversation because I think like about myself, I think about my wife and my her, her sister, right, who I'm really close with. I think about our whole family, like like people are always going to have an opinion on someone in the family. Yeah. I'm either I'm either Nicole's husband to someone, the yeah. guy who just married her. Or she is the girl who married me to people that in my little universe, it's yeah. like multiverse, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, but I'm also like the guy who married Lionel's daughter to some people. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then my sister-in-law or my brother-in-law who are like my brother and sister, I've been with them for, I've been 17 years. I've known them since they were like little eight-year-old, like yeah. talking about the age you're talking about. like everybody has their experience and their relationship to the world as the world views them mm, right yeah. like it's i can't choose how the world views me i cannot choose how that group of people look at me because i married nicole and or that my brother married his wife right cameron who who's a fucking one of the biggest actresses of all time like yeah. we can't control how people look at us based on our relationship with two people we love Right, our family and our family's not perfect. Our family, we have shit. We got it. We all we're always, always working on, right? Always. All I can choose is how I see myself. Mm -hmm. Right. All I can choose is, like, am I, am I listening to the world and their opinion of me at any given moment, depending on what's going on with any of these, probably like ten people I'm associated with that all are like bigger than me, to be honest, like. In their own ways, like if I look at like all these people around me, I'm like, they're like way bigger than me. So who am I? Right. And I wonder, like, like I I realize as you say it, right? And as I think about my I'm like more like listening to you talk and going in my head, going like, how do I feel about how I how like how do I feel about like my association to yeah. like my 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 family and my the way that I deal with it? Um, I think that you have a very like like solid like grounded stance 
which is which I'm taking from. Thank you. Right. So I Thank go you. like, how do I feel about like how I'm associated to all these people, right, in my family, in my life, and I and I and I feel like pretty solid, you know. But I do think that I'm a little insecure about what people think of me sometimes when I walk in a certain room, right? In, with, if I'm walking in with her to this fashion room, no one gives a fuck about my band. No yeah. one gives a fuck. Like, I'm not like Mr. Fashion. I'm not like whatever in my mind anyways, right? And like, I wonder- but that's what makes you fashion though. Well, I think so. <laughs> that's what like, makes you fashion. But I'm analyzing it kind of going like, how do I feel about how people look at me? And like, I think that the key is my own relationship to myself and just being like, be, and, and I do also think that like, I always say our weakness that we think is our weakness, that we think is the thing that makes us, that we're shy about actually usually is our strength. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that uh, for me, I have to toe that line so much of like, how do I, because the last thing I ever want to do is in any way use, you know, use my family, use my name, use anything of that for my success. But I also know that a part of that I can't help. Can't help it. I can't help it. Can't and so, think about it. So I want to also, and like, I'm the first guy to be like, not judgmental, but like cognizant of like other people who do the same thing, right? Or can't help it or choose to go even further down that rabbit hole. So I, I try and be as like the perfect version of my situation as possible, knowing that there is none, right? And there is no way to treat this unique uh, association, as you put it, with the respect that it deserves to the people who work their fucking asses off for years to become the level, have the level of success they have um while also respecting my drive and and uh my what i now understand is a pretty similar purpose which is to make music and have it be received hopefully by people i think it is being received i i, I love your music i i really like it Thank you, man. um yeah You're buttering me up i, appreciate I, I think it. um yeah i think that you're like it's i'm i'm not surprised yeah but i was surprised I don't know why, but that, of course that's because we just we judge people, right? Like we all make our judgments our early, our early. It's not even a bad word when I say judgment. Like like we just kind of like perceive people, and we go, "I want." And I also think the nat natural side of of like human nature is it's like just what we all do. And I do think that like in order to cut through that, it has to be good. And I think that you made really good music, and I think like it's the merit of the music. It's not anything else. I think like you just. And that's why I would encourage you to keep focusing on like making records you care about yeah. and just making good music and like folk. And it's not about if, cause you've already proven you can do it. You did the, you did the tour. It's not an easy tour to go on by the way. Like, like that fan base as much as loving as you say they are, they can be just as fucking bored and indifferent and, and not loving. If you're if not genuine, not if you're not yourself too. It's yeah. like, that's the thing is like, they, they're going to be as accepting as they possibly can be as long as you're as much of you as you possibly can be. And trust me when I say coming out in a fucking rat costume is me. Like that is coming out and like sweating balls for 45 minutes yeah it's fucking hot in a fursuit yeah is uh is is that's me right it's like it's and that's putting it on the line putting it out there for people to to, that's to cool. accept or to to appreciate at least in some way and have it be an experiential moment right and yeah. not let it be i've seen thousands thousands and thousands and thousands of live shows in my life um 
and I want to make something that's different to me. That's something that like, if I saw when I was, the whole point of this, the whole point of doing this music, the whole point going into it all and what we wanted to achieve was if I was 16 and I heard it and I saw it, my life would have been changed. I would have picked up music sooner than I did. Yeah. Right? And have the belief that that is a way in which I can therapeutically get out these emotions that I had to later in life that exploded out of me in a way that are on the record, right? Yeah. And so I think that it's, they accepted me on that tour and they continue to accept me. And like, I could do the same bit on a different tour and I hope to, and I plan to. What's uh, your dream tour? Dream tour? Oh, I don't know. I like- Or like, what's your ideal? Like, I wanna what, keep If opening. you could pick your next tour, like who would it be with? Um, There was a couple options. I mean, of like, oh, man, like anybody ever? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's, like that's if, difficult. If, if, in the modern world, the people that are touring and that you know of, if there was a band you could go after and go tour open for, like who would that band be? Um, That would like fit me too. I think like, honestly, like, I feel like I'm like would never like stack up to them, but like broken social scene, like that sort of like vibe. Cool. Yeah, that's super uh, cool. Or like, um, like and that's like the musicianship. I would never be able to in any way come close to. But like that's that if we did that, Maybe, then like I don't know. we could bring out like because we sometimes have like a children's choir that we perform with, right? Yeah. And we have like a classical violinist that we play with, yeah. and like that's when it comes. And there's like a lot of different players that we like to 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 bring out and have with us. And, yeah give moments to like someone someone like that would be really special um obviously weezer is the dream um Weezer's amazing weezer's incredible um then you know then i it then there's like the complicated like weird i mean like there's the obvious radio heads there's the uh uh there was a talk of like uh uh cold war kids oh cool next year that'd be really cool please um please i would be awesome i actually could see that that going really that well. would be so sick right yeah, that could go bulldozer really well. dude like that yeah. sensitive kid that was yeah. my song bro yeah um there's a lot i think that what's cool about what we're doing is that it could work with because we're so genuinely us yeah on stage it, it works in a lot of different places we can we can work in a lot of different places and we can work with hobo johnson and we could also work with like you know whoever weezer with these guys with whoever else broken social scene because we give our all and I'm dead dropping in a rat costume, right? And like my, our violinist comes and sings the most beautiful song you've ever heard in the world. And like, it's, there's a lot to it that I think makes it unique. And, and it's just about, um, what's great is that we're not trying to do anything that we've seen before and right. just trying to, we're, it's so natural and it's like, oh, like, we were in Atlanta and one of our guitarists is from Atlanta. And I was like, hey, like you should sing that song that I love of yours yeah. tonight, please. Oh, if you're gonna do that, then Craig, our other guitarist should also sing one of his songs. And then for the rest of the tour, we played their songs every night because it, well. because it worked so yeah, well and it, it felt good. so genuine. And so then it became a thing of like, anytime someone else plays with us, now they sing one of their songs. Yeah. Right, and it's in, and that's like a part of our experiment that we have. Um, when are you gonna drop those extra songs you were talking about? Hopefully soon. Cool, you should. I, I want to. I, it, I want to, man. And that's fucking and, do it. Yeah, and that's that's. Don't the, overthink it. Yeah, I'm telling you, don't overthink <laughs> They're it. They're already mixed, so yeah. <laughs> that, just, just 
put them on the schedule, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, you should drop them. That's the hard part about working with a label, but also I'm really lucky that I have such an incredible label that's so Yeah. That if I was like if I was like, yo, let's do this, then they'd be like, okay, cool. But we're also still promoting this EP. Right. And so but So you don't have any dates yet on the books for the next tour? Um, I have a couple shows? dates, uh, just like sporadically with a couple different artists and cool. a couple different things. Um, we're waiting to hear back. Uh, it was looking like potentially Dope Lemon, uh, would want to have us. Cool. Um, you should do a show with Zeph. You know Zeph? Uh, sounds super familiar. Yeah. You, you check her out. She's dope. Yeah. Hell yeah. She's in your like Sweet. indie pop. I'm a listener Rock. in the car on the it's way like, in, To me, it's like all indie alt music. Yeah. It's like all alternative indie vibe-ish music, like, right? So like it all it works together. My my friend's in a band called Winnecta Bowling League. Dope, dope. They're really good too. Yeah. I'm the, like, I see you guys, like there's a bunch of bands you probably don't even really, like you don't even know yet that are like all tour like and do well. These, like yeah. that would all like compliment like it's the the music that you make i think there's like a world a whole world of like artists that are oh, yeah. touring and that would it would work really well together I, it's that's i want to get more i think it's like it's hard to break in unless you're like touring a lot it's hard to break into the scene of like who's out there doing what you're doing yeah too, yeah you know? like, it's, like it, it is it's, it's in, really hard to find a lot of that yeah at your level wherever you are so you guys would you do well with Carly Hansen too. Okay. She's super cool. Yeah. There's a whole world of these like new alt indie like artists that like make cool music and have like it's very in that like that like yeah, I don't know. It's like a it's a cool music fan. They they like a lot of stuff, but they're like you're saying Hobo's crowd is super nice. Yeah. I feel like that it's a it's a nice crowd, but like it's all that like indie alt stuff. Yeah, 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 like you, I, you guys are in that world for me. I love that. Thank you. I yeah, I think that that's that's the thing is like I just want to keep doing this. Like yeah. I just like I love winning over someone else's audience. Yeah, and like I'm, and convincing them to to hear it. Uh, and I think it's oh, I've heard many people say that the live shows are um, can be more enjoyable than listening to the music. Itself. Yeah, live is a thing, man. Of Good course, live. and especially if you're doing something experiential and you're doing yeah. something that's like you're putting your whole dick on that stage yeah. um then of course obviously it's different and it's more enjoyable but i love convincing people the first time seeing or hearing of me to want to come and hear and see me again somewhere else right and yeah. i think that that's that's Gaining been fans man it's a thing it's good yeah dude and like getting we used to, talk to love them. that dude we used to love that was some of my favorite years was opening and we would open or we would put together like a tour yeah. where we all shared like we all brought our own kind of our own fan bases but then we all discovered like i remember we were touring way back in the day we did one of our early tours was us and some 41 <laughs> in, in vans yeah the venues were like 150 cap yeah rooms 200 cap rooms 300 if they were like the big show um and we were we didn't know each other. We knew of each other, but like we didn't really know each other. And that was the first time we met. And we were right. We were running around in these vans, playing these little rooms all over the country and sharing fans. And some nights, a hundred like like it wasn't even sold out. Like some nights, like there was like a hundred people there out of one hundred and fifty. 
the shows started getting bigger and bigger. Like on that tour, I remember like the labels were kind of working the song were early going to radio or like yeah. promoting the records at colleges or whatever. And so it was before either one of us really had like a radio song or whatever, but like we would go to the mall during the day and pass out flyers for whatever city we were in. And, and we were always kind of getting into stuff because we were all just kind of fucking around. Yeah. I think we're 21 <laughs> running around in yeah. a van, 20, 21 running around in vans, playing these like shitty bars with these shitty promoters. Some nights they were like, wouldn't pay us all. The, like it was oh, yeah. always like something in those yeah, like little early, early tours, man. But it was unforgettable. And then after that tour, we had us, this band Phoenix TX, cool. Newfound Glory. Nice. Um, band called Lefty. Cool. God, I know I'm forgetting one. There was a couple. Uh, but it was like four, four bands at least yeah. on that bill. And it was just like these little punk pop punk shows and like the venues were slightly bigger. They'd be somewhere with from like 500 to a thousand cap yeah. rooms and we would jam and like some of the shows were selling out at that point. Cause we had toured, you know, we had done some warp tour stuff. We had done that some tour, we had done our own touring and we were just like piecing together like these super band bases yeah. to like try to sell out a club. Some would, some didn't. And like gain fans that would come back and see us the next time we were in that city. And it was like such a exciting time because every show mattered and we just hadn't done that many shows. We had maybe done 100, 200 shows max. And like I've grown up on both sides, whether it's the big side or the little side. Right. And but then once the life that my family lived got to the bigger side, that's when I was like in high school. Right. And so then I was like moshing and at neck deep concerts and yeah. like going to warp tour and getting my like face kicked in you know yeah. what i mean and like and so to now be in a situation be in a position where i'm getting to do that in a way not obviously not i'm not <laughs> i'm not like starting a pit at my shows although as much as i want, want people to people probably get into oh it. i want to man yeah. i want to um but you know it's like there's like a there's something there of like it's just so special to yeah. be in that position and like, and the opportunities that I'm getting are dream like, dude, if uh, we're playing uh, in October, this like made in Jersey festival, right? And That's it's cool. Like, yeah, it's so sick. And like uh, my friends, the Happy Fits are headlining, but then dude, like I, there's this band called Wonderbar. I don't mm -hmm. know if you know, dude, I, I've seen them live several times that's cool and like and like moshed their shows man. yeah and so it's like it's for me to be able to be like have that opportunity to play on the same stage the same day as them is insane and yeah. like that's like for me the oh my god like i made it right is like playing with Wonderbar, and that's dope. uh and so this experience is just like it's so unique and it's so profound to be able to to sort of live in the in-between of the two worlds. Yeah, I think and it's cool. kind of own the two yeah. is really, really special. And and um, yeah, man, I just want to keep doing it. It's for, cool, forever. man. It's, you should. I hope to. Just keep making records. That's the plan. As long as you, I, I regardless as long of if as you they like come them. out, I can't, I will never stop making music. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. I mean, they can always come out. Yeah, Because exactly. you can always put them out. Yeah. And there's nothing, I think as long as you make records you like, it's going to be cool. Cool, man. Oh, 
great having you thank you so much for having me man thanks for coming been a pleasure Thank you for listening to this episode of Artist Friendly. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, If you really like Artist Friendly, you can like and follow us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, anywhere else you listen to the show. We really appreciate the support. We'll see you next time.